Welcome to The Pod, a series of fruitfully interesting podcasts brought to you by Jupiter Group. Hello and welcome to The Pod. I hope you're keeping well. I'm Gareth Wilcock, Jupiter Group's Head of Sales and the host of today's podcast. I'm really pleased to welcome Grappers Varieties Research and Development Director, Yuzi Yaron. And thanks for joining me today, Uzi. Um, we're going to be talking today about what makes a good table grape and grape production. So before I hand over to you to introduce yourself, I'll briefly tell the listeners on my role here at Jupiter. So as head of sales, I facilitate our supply of all of our product groups, mainly citrus and grapes, into our key customer and partners. Um, as well as our own production on grapes of new varieties, I'll, we also are growers of citrus. So it's our role to be able to look to develop the future of the produce category for a long-term sustainable supply with our partners. So Uzi, over to you. Do you mind introducing yourself, please? Yeah, we're happy. So my name is Uzi. I um, come from Israel, as uh, as much as uh, it sounds like. So bear in mind, my English is not my mother tongue. So please, <laughs> we'll, we'll doing, speak slowly. Uh, we'll speak yeah, slowly. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing my best. Uh, uh, Fantastic. Yeah, to speak uh, in the wrong pronunciation, since we are going to the British, uh, mainly the British uh, customers. So uh, I live in Israel in a small village. I grew up farmer environment. Uh, always very little age. Uh, I've been to the vineyards with my father uh, and took over the business. Uh, 25 years ago, and I joined Grappa as the R&D development uh, manager uh, three years ago, mainly to help structuring the technical department, operation department, and take slowly but surely charge of the whole breeding program that we are running in California. Fantastic. Nowadays, I'm working with Shachar Karnier, that all of you know, we, he's the father of the varieties. And uh, we together uh, making every year one more step into the future of the table grapes industry. So it's really in your blood then if you've been starting out at such a young age with your family being great producers as well. So I guess it's something you're very passionate about. Yes, yes. In where I come from, they say that you have green fingers. <laughs> so, so uh, yes, and and you know, at the age of six, I managed to crash the first tractor. So, uh, <laughs> I know one one thing or two about farming. <laughs> Fantastic! That's great. Well, I'm really pleased that you can join us today. Um, so today's podcast, as I said, was what makes a good table grape. So if we think about that topic, why don't we start at the beginning of that process? So if we think about the varietal selection and growing of grapes, Uzi, tell us about your view from that point. What, what makes a good table grape from a production and planting perspective? I can speak from a breeder perspective and from evaluator perspective and, for, and from a farmer perspective. So evaluation of a good variety starts when you don't see the grapes on the vine. 
So it starts with the vine itself. You are looking for the perfect standard balanced vine. It has few characters that tells you this vine is going to take you to the next step of evaluation. What does it mean? It means that it has the right balance, it has the right structure, it produces the right shoots, it gets the right canopy. This is a good factory to produce good uh, grapes. In Grappa et al., we try to look at table grape growing as something more holistic. So when getting into a vineyard, we are not looking at the grapes. We are looking at the vineyard because only a good vineyard will produce good grapes. From a farmer perspective, uh, since I'm trying to make some living out of table grapes growing as well, I have a small farm back in Israel. Yeah. Uh, I must say that it must be cost effective. So, I guess, yeah, that's important. Yeah. So I, uh, it is not only about I have a good variety, I sell the grapes perfectly. The farmer needs to make money out of it. The table grapes industry is a high investment industry in agriculture at all. Mainly to establish a vineyard costs a lot of money and to run a season costs a lot of money. So a farmer needs stability. So he needs to know that he will get the yield year by year. He needs to know that he will get good and high standard grape year by year. And he needs to know that the market will be willing to buy it and pay something for it. And he will grow uh, every variety that will do that. Sometimes you can find in the market variety which are in high demand or were in high demand and uh, are not profitable for the farmers. Yeah, I guess it's that yield equation, isn't it? That It's got to be sustainable because it can't all be demand driven. If you're producing a product which you have to is is loss making ultimately, so I guess that the golden grape would be to have a high yielding variety that customers really buy into and they want, right? That would the, be the, there is a limit for that. So yeah. when we are speaking about yield, it's not high. It is the yield that will uh, enable you to produce Mm -hmm. the high standard grapes. So we have a number, by the way, we we have a number for the the optimum yield for a vine and the optimum yield for a farmer. So we are not saying there is an endless number. No, there is an end for that. We know what it is. And we know you uh, you can you can uh, uh, produce the standard and the um, and to be able to uh, make a living out of it because yeah, sure. you know farmers at the end live we don't live in the main city I don't know if you know that so every time I travel my my children tells me oh you are going here I'm telling them look guys I'm going to the end of the world every time <laughs> <laughs> Yeah so, they think they think it's glamorous when in reality it's not glamorous at all is it you know? Yes yes so so farmers need to make a living uh, um and they deserve that um and on top of that, you got a lot of issues. For instance, uh, you probably know about manpower issues. 
Sure, yeah. So a good variety nowadays will be a variety with low demand for agrotechnical uh, procedures that doing by hand. This is why uh, I am not growing any more Thompson seedless. Yes, yeah, yeah. Can't do that. Cannot do that. And this is why I'm growing the Haras uh, uh, Witties or the R15, as you know it, because it costs uh, 20% of what I used to spend in, uh, yeah. in Thompson Seedless. There's, so less, good there's less labor required to be able to produce yes, it. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, and uh, the, probably you will, you will speak about uh, the consumer and, and what happens there, but there is another perspective because, okay, I'm a farmer after I grew the grapes or I'm an R&D director, uh, we, I harvest the grapes. The, the grapes need to travel. And as we said, I am at the end of the world. <laughs> you live in the main cities. Uh, I need to my grapes to travel from here to there. Uh, a good variety will be a variety that will travel good. Now yeah. the the perspective of the of the consumers change so nowadays everybody need crunchy varieties they like the taste they like to to give a bite and to hear it uh, uh, so nowadays a good variety would be crunchy and it need to be sweet and tasty uh, uh, but balanced not over sweet not uh, over acid acidic yeah yeah so take all of these together and you will find that a good variety will work well for the farmer, will work well for the chain of supply, and of course for the retail that they are paying for, for this product and they need to put it on the shelf and they don't want to spread to, to waste mm-hmm. anything. Every, everything needs to go to the consumer, so a, a good variety needs to last on the shelf for a while. Exactly. And I, I guess it's important when you think about climate change, when you think about um, the amount of rain that climates or regions get, which aren't necessarily expected, that we've also got to try and select varieties that become more tolerant to the wet weather conditions in order to make that journey that you've talked about. So I they guess need, that's they need important. To, yes, they need to yeah. be tolerant for the change. Yes, because we can grow our varieties almost in every climate. But when you change, so you are not prepared for that. Yes. So they need to be prepared for a change. And lucky us, our varieties know how to do that. That's great. No, it's good. And I think we've seen the benefit of that, um, you know, with the varieties that we're growing with our partners in Greece, India, Chile, you know, we're we're producing and supplying grapes at a window or a time where in fact that they are performing really well because of that that reason that other varieties can't perform in that season or windows. Um, you know, we're supplying some of the latest black grape out of Europe with the Ara 32 out of Greece in a region which can have late summer or early autumn weather conditions and it's performed really well so you know we see that and it links into what the consumers then get on the shelf is that actually they've got a really good tasting product in a window where they might not necessarily have that previously and i guess that's where the the development and the future development of varieties is is critical because even in this day and age in 2022 it's really difficult 
to get a grape 365 days of the year that performs well for consumers because this of is, all of those issues, is, right? This is why we are running uh, uh, our R&D activities not only where we are located. So I have an R&D facilities in the tropics as well. And a variety that will go and grow in the tropics under huge amount of rain uh, uh, um, uh, and will pass it will be a variety that we put it as a rain resistant and if it performs well in the tropics, by the way, it is a different system. It has nothing to do with what we are doing here. Uh, uh, we develop different uh, growing protocols for the same varieties, yes. uh, like the Araswitis, like the new crazy code that you will soon start seeing on the shelves. Sometimes really, I try really, and do those equations, but I never get to the same answer. <laughs> <laughs> really crazy, crazy varieties. And you can see it's 10 to 100 millimeters of rain. Now I take a variety like this. And I introduced it to, uh, as you said, Greece, late area, to uh, uh, India, yes. uh, uh, when they are starting and the monsoon may be ending at the, at the beginning of the monsoon, to places like uh, far north Queensland. And we know to take a variety and to put it at the right place, so the market will always get the same varieties over and over and over again. And that, I guess that is the skill and that is, um, I guess, how you develop what works, what doesn't work, where to push, where to stop um, and what needs further development. So just from a consumer, you know, we talk about, you know, what, what works well from a production point of view. I think, you know, if you ask that question to anybody, what are consumers looking for? I think that the answer is the same but it might mean different things. And I'll explain that. So what, as, as we're all consumers, what do we want? We want great prices, we want great quality, and we want good availability. So we want to be able to repeat purchase. We want to go back into the shops. That's what grows the category, more frequent purchase. But the consumer, you know, is not a simple being because depending on the regionality, what country you are servicing, where the consumers are, their tastes are very different things. So we've got to be receptive to that and try and cater for customers with different tastes. And I think it, it shifts and it continues to shift quite a lot. I know that um, certainly in my my time involved in grapes i i was a great buyer for a, a supermarket in the uk where we used to sell loose grape and the category sold 80 percent loose and 20 percent punnets and by the time i left three years later it was all, yeah you know it was almost 80 percent punnets 20 percent loose it, the change I used I used quickly. to export back then. I used to export yeah. back then, so I experienced the change. Exactly, it happened so quickly, right? Yeah. Because customers want convenience, so the the punnet was. They a are great... right, by the yes. way. The customer, the customer, are right, because they don't have nowadays. They don't have too much time to spend on. We know how life is nowadays, so yeah. they're right. 
Well, you look at availability, you look at price. I think it it solves two of those um, questions, if you like, because from a um, price perspective, as soon as you take the loose off the shelf and you put it's it's a it's a fixed weight and therefore it's a fixed price. Consumers can make the calculation very quick rather than having to work out prices of pounds or kilos. The price goes up, the price goes down. You see a lot more stable market. Um, I think we also saw a shift from green grape to red grape because typically a red grape tended to be sweeter. It tended to be, um, I guess, more tolerant to weather conditions as well than, than white grape visually. So we saw a big switch to that. And then I think that in more recent years, there's been so much varietal development that customers are lucky in many ways that they can get great grapes, whether it be green, whether it be black, whether it be red, that um, touch a lot of the different flavor profiles. Um, yes, flavor, new flavors. By the way, don't tell anybody, but Grappa nowadays introducing unbelievable line of red grapes that yes. will will uh, we have ultra early red mid season red uh, early mid season uh, mid season red uh, we are very proud of the red line that uh, we are introducing now by the way you spoke about taste so i'm i'm for the last two years making a deep dive into the biochems of the grapes and we are running panels worldwide and there is a difference between a customer in the british island and a customer in uh, italy and yes. a customer in china i found out that the customer in china and italy are more like the same the baritones and the french are Moreover, like like the rest of the uh, of the world, but but there are some uh, uh, unique demands. How do you see that? You send varieties to panels, and you got uh, you get different uh, answer. Sure. So someone said this is the best, and I will say no, 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 that is the best. And um, so so there will no one variety to grow. There will always be different market, and it is okay because it is allowed to be different it's okay absolutely yeah <laughs> it's okay i i agree and i think that when you're in the industry you can almost be you're in danger of becoming too close to to it where you've got to let the consumers actually be the ones to tell you what's popular you know what the likes are what the dislikes are and that's what ultimately will drive where the development goes but I, but I believe still, if you were to ask customers about varieties of grapes, they wouldn't be able to name many because as much as we know what good varieties are and how they perform, it goes back to, well, I'm a red grape customer and I go to my supermarket and I buy red grapes every week. And yes, the size and shape may change, but the condition's great and the flavor's always good. So therefore... I'm a red grape consumer rather than a variety within a red grape consumer. So I think that's where our role is important. We do that pre-selection for customers to say, well, we're only going to put good grapes in your punnet. That's why you like grapes. Green grapes. I can now buy green grapes throughout a lot longer of the year than what I previously had done. 
Yeah, because the development has been in the areas where you need to have that 52 weeks. So, you know, it's it's our job, almost our responsibility to be making sure that you give that customer what they want from their needs, yes. you know. Yes, but, but, and, and getting to understand the customer, getting mm. deep understanding of your customer with a clear view, a calm view. Uh, we are not here to, uh, we are here to, first of all, we are here to bring happiness because <laughs> grape, gra yes, because grape is happiness. Yeah, you of course. You eat grape, you, you must be happy. Otherwise, we are, we are all <laughs> wasting our time here. Yeah. And and we need to bring happiness to the customer. And the customer over here might be different than the customer over there. And we need to be able to understand him and to send the right variety. And now, after that, it doesn't matter if he knows what the name or so on, exactly. as long as we understand him. As long as we provided them with a bit of happiness, usually. That's, that's our Only job, right? Only happiness. Otherwise... <laughs> We have we have so many reasons to be sad. So we uh, providing the happiness in a small planet of uh, one pound or half a pound. Uh, uh, have you seen uh, a boy getting a planet of grapes and and not uh, being happy? I I don't know that. I... No, and the ones that, that taste really well, they don't last very long either, do they? You know, you yes. know a punnet of grape that tastes really fantastic can be finished very quickly. So no, yes, yes, yes. Uh, no, I, I agree. I agree. So you know, we've talked briefly about consumers. Then, what what do you think the the difference between traditional and new varieties? The difference nowadays between the new varieties that you found in the market and everything that we knew up to now, and soon there will be some varieties that you will not found anymore, find anymore. So Thompson Seedless is on the way out. We can yes. see it all around. Uh, Sugra One Superior Seedless is on the way out. We see that all around. Flame Seedless yes. will will be on the way out, and it is not because I have no respect for these varieties, because these are the varieties that was grown on. I like it, and so on. Uh, the difference is that the market has changed. Yes. The way we purchase and consume the grapes have changed. And and since the market have changed and the way we put the grapes on the shelf then change, some varieties cannot meet the demand of the market. Yes. Uh, so many times uh, they are still good and tasty, and and you ask yourself why do we need to to change such a, a tasty and nice variety because it does not meet the demands that we have now. It is a very sensitive uh, uh, fruit. Uh, uh, you need to treat it uh, uh, gently. Some of the way we deliver the grapes and take care of them of the, on the shelves have changed. When you went into the grocery 30, days, 30 years ago, and there was a, um, uh, one man who took care of every bunch and so yes. on. Nowadays, the system goes differently. Nowadays, you want to order it online, get it home. It needs to travel this journey and still be in good shape. 30 years ago, you went and you buy them loose. You chose one by one 
the bunches that you are buying. Nowadays, it became a responsibility of the farmer or the chain store or the company that ships it to your home to make sure that you will get every time the best quality. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, you need different varieties that will perform to this demand. Sure, yeah, absolutely. And I guess that's what you now start to see. Because of the way it's changed, you've got to make sure that you can meet all of that criteria and that you're able to improve the category as well. I think, you know, you talked about varieties and respectfully that are being phased out. And it's due to the fact that, you know, there's improvements out there, whether it be the shelf life, whether it be resistance to weather, whether it be easier to grow or whether it's better for consumers. Yes. And, and it's good to see that that's actually, you know, what's what's happening. And I think that's where we have a definite shared objective and passion and vision for that, which is why that, you know, together along with our grower partners that we're developing these new varieties for our consumers in those windows. It's, a, it's, it's interesting that this year has been um, one of the first years, really, that we've seen ARA 15 exported out of India in that um, February to April window into Europe. And we've had, you know, a real good success by confirming with a, a partner and a German retail partner and seeing our ARA 15, which would be a first for um, for us, collectively us. To supply into that market and it was received incredibly well you know again looking at the consumer that that market is going into and understanding their tastes and what they want out of a grape we were able to fulfill those requirements so you know that's year one of something which is hopefully going to build and grow for the future and potentially change what's available for consumers so you can provide them that consistency you can provide them with what they need so they'll repeat they'll come back into your shop and they'll be looking for that product so you know we only see that as a a, a benefit really and a good indicator for the future of what we're doing is is the right thing yeah for instance i'm i will be tomorrow tomorrow i'm flying to india once again to see the second group so oh, fantastic you, you got you got the first one i i am going tomorrow to see the second one from the from the same vineyards fantastic so yeah you'll have to let me know what they look like do you understand that uh, uh, you need a variety that can produce twice a year? Believable. Two times a year of production. Yes. From, picture, from the picture I saw, it looks very good. I'm going to evaluate and see that uh, uh, whether we need some adjustment or everything is mm -hmm. working uh, fine. But got one variety at the same place that is harvest since January to June. Yes. Five months, five months of harvest. One variety, same variety. Uh, Ara Sweeties is very unique in this manner. Uh, Which is um, great. Yeah. Great. Yes. It'd be yes. interesting to see what your feedback is on that, Uzi. You'll have to you'll have to let me know. Yeah, I will, <laughs> I, I will come back with a nice report. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. That's great. Um yeah, and we I guess we talked about a lot of the important things here of why why is a, a new variety or why a good variety is important from a commercial perspective but you know it goes back to what we said the very simple things about quality service and price you know if you can meet those hygiene factors for customers 
then yeah. that's why it's important. Our our job in between is again to look at the availability windows, look at the gaps, always with that relentless effort to improve, to improve, to improve. And I think that's what drives the category forward. You know, that that's where the innovation really comes into it. It is all about the quality. If you think about the future, you know, what where do you see the future of the table grape industry, Uzi? Uh, uh, I must tell you that uh, we are discussing this. And okay, let's say that we are done with the line. So I can de uh, deliver a white line and a red uh, grapes line and a black grapes line that will, uh, will be on the shelves and the growers will grow them and everything is on, in place. Now there is a question about taste of grapes. And um, although there are some possibilities here, we are trying to stay in the grape category. I want my grape to have grape taste. Uh, of course, there is some kind of um, uh, differences in taste. So we got the, the sweet standard grapes, but we have the muscat taste. Yes. Which is a unique test. Uh, uh, I don't know if you will come to California this season, but we have a, a two new white muscat grapes. One a little bit light, one real, real muscat. Let's see how, how it goes. Yeah, I think and, I may have tasted them before. I think Nami and myself last year, we had a few of those muscat varieties to taste here. In yes. The UK, so now they were fantastic. They're really good. And, and there is the other side, which is in scientific name, it's called Labrusca. It is yes. a different kind of the Vitis. Uh, uh, I think a more common name will be Foxy, Foxy taste. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, really, this is, this, is, this, is the, this is the category. Uh, um, and it goes to a little bit more to the tropics. Yeah. People eating it and say, I, I don't know. It is it is a melon. No, 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 no. It it reminds me a guava. No, yes. it reminds me some yeah. kind of a mixture of no. I think Mango. I'm sitting. I <laughs> think I'm sitting in the Caribbean and drinking something. So uh, uh, and even there, we are trying not to push it too much to sure. stay on the on the grapey. Uh, taste and 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 to bring happiness but imagine that you eat in your gray london fall uh, a bunch of grapes that throw you to the caribbeans what, what is better than that <laughs> exactly yeah yeah i agree yeah no it's good to have that something new and exciting and as, you know, different flavor profiles. It's it's great, and I've sampled some of those, and I think that it's good. It's a good addition to have alongside your, you know, your standard product, which you which you you know want to supply as well. But I have one rule here, and 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 there is one rule for yes. for, for for us as a breeding company, and it is that you will buy these grapes. For two, from two meters away. So I want these grapes to be nice from far. 
I don't want them to be small. I don't want to come and to give explanation. No, it is small, but no, it needs to meet all the customer yes. demands to have the right size, the right shine, the right shape, uh, uh, because we are buying from afar. We are not buying from for nearby. You see something for far away and you, and you go to, to it. So, so uh, uh, it needs to be like grapes. Nice size uh, uh, without no excuses. I couldn't agree more. And I think the, the more you get that, the better it is for everybody involved because you produce to a high standard and therefore customers want that high standard they're prepared to pay for it you get all the things we've talked about great flavor whether that's crunchy whether that's acidic balanced flavors all of that you know that's if everybody points towards achieving that then i think it's definitely somewhere where you will start to see that level of growth come through that we all need and want Yes, and 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 this is not rocket science what we are doing. Yeah. So we are trying to simplify the way we are growing, really simplify it. Mm. I am always looking as the R&D director of Grappa to use more natural uh, material than chemicals to work uh, towards pushing the vine to to cope with issues by itself. So we we are trying to do things simple and good. Perfect. And if you can achieve that and not overcomplicate things, then that's the yes. best way. Yes. It is a long journey. Sometimes it is a bumpy one. Yes. But uh, every industry experience this. <laughs> Well, I think grapes is one of the, uh, it's so exciting in grapes because it's one of the only categories, I think, where you travel pretty much around the world all year round to get the best of the harvest. So, you know, in I know it's probably more simplified now, as you say, and there's more opportunity, but you can, and consumers won't know this unless they are experts in it, but you can source from over 14 different countries in a 12-month period just to get your grapes on the shelf you know that's that's the facts of the matter you know if you've got climatic issues if you've got varieties that are only produced in one country that you know it's quite complex in its um in its sourcing element of of grapes and with them growing differently in different climates to get that simple effective characteristics throughout 14 different countries that's where the skill and that's where the challenge comes in and at least four continents so exactly yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it's not, you, you go south you go north you go <laughs> yeah, yes we know that uh, i am traveling all around the world to see this uh, so i'm traveling in you one know. week 13 hours it means wow. that i started at the west coast of the US and I'm finishing in India. So I travel in 12 or 13 hours in time. Basically, exactly. I'm a time, tra- I'm a time traveler. T- <laughs> <laughs> time traveling grape grower, yeah, great. Oh, yes. Fantastic. Well, uh, thanks for joining me today, Uzi. Um, I've really enjoyed today's podcast um, and thanks to our listeners for listening to today's podcast on what makes a good table grape 
So I think we're going to close it there for today. So if you've liked from what you've heard on the pod, remember you can hit subscribe whenever you listen to your favourite podcasts. And if you can take a moment or two to give us five stars and a review, we will be most grateful. So thank you and thanks, Susie.